We'd like to thank the Lord for letting us be in his house again to worship. What a wonderful sound. I was just sitting there before I got up and I, I could just hear all the joyful sounds, people fellowshipping and visiting and you could just feel all the love. I'm glad to be in God's house this morning. My heart's just overwhelmed. Wonderful to see everybody that's here. Thank God for all our visitors that's come. And as I've been announcing, our preaching brother David McGregor is here to be with us to preach for us this morning. And I, I just, uh, I hugged him back there and I said, I just can't tell you how much. And I appreciate you coming to be with us and preach for us this morning. And he hugged me back and he said he loved me so much. He's glad to be here. And I appreciate his son Connor coming with him, driving him down this way. And uh, we love Connor too. And uh, just good to have everybody with us. Uh, got a number of visitors. I, I won't try to name every visitor right now. Maybe I'll name some more later. But I just, uh, I just want to praise God for letting us be in his house this morning. I want to read a verse to a scripture and then have prayer and then uh, turn over to the choir. Now, this came on my heart this morning. Uh, the ninth chapter of the book of Psalms, two verses, nine and ten. I want you to listen to this, uh, how true this is and how much I appreciate the truth in this and that God tells us. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thy Lord hath not forsaken them that seek thee. Praise God, he's never let us down. Well, I'm glad I've got a God like I've got a God, and you've got a God. Had no other God like him. He's the true and the living God. Let's stand for a moment of prayer as we pray. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us gather together today to worship you, Lord. Uh, God, just thank you for all the love we feel, and uh, God, for your sweet Holy Spirit. God, thank you for Sunday school this morning. It just blessed our hearts and run our cups over. Just your spirit moves so powerful. God, we pray today for this service, everything about it, God. Uh, we pray that you just guide it and lead it and help us to get right in the center of your will this morning that we can have a sweet time of worship in spirit and in truth. God, we pray today that you'd speak to the hearts of the lost. God, we pray for conviction today, God. We pray, God, for this service. I ask you to bless our preaching brother when it comes time for him to preach this morning. God, we pray today for this service, for the choirs we turned over to them. We ask you all these things in Jesus' sweet and precious name. And amen. You may be seated. We're going to turn over to the choir, Brother Taylor. Page 29.
page 43. Page 
forward. I was thinking it's been 60 years since I got saved. Yeah. Now I'm telling you, anything down here in 60 years is going to get old. But I'm glad what I have in my home is yeah. If anything, it's better. Because I'm closer to home. Yeah. Amen.
page 46. Page 46.
Well, I, I appreciate the wonderful choir singing. Thank God for that good, sweet spirit. And they were singing songs about going home. One of these days I'll cross the river and step off on that beautiful shore. Yeah. That last song, I want to live again. Yeah. And I, I appreciate everything God's uh, doing for me and done for me in this world. I don't mean to sound unappreciated. But i am be honest with you. Sometimes way down deep, I get longing to go to that country. That country's real, and it'll be there when this one's gone. I'm glad to be here today. And I want to say again, I mentioned already, but I appreciate our preaching brother, Brother David McGregor, being with us, pastor of Athens Missionary Baptist Church up uh, near Toledo in Wallbridge, and he got some of his uh, members with him here, and I appreciate them coming. And uh, thank the Lord for you. I'm glad everybody's here. But let's all stand right now for just a moment. And uh, everybody's got an unspoken request. Just show it with raising your hand. Anybody's got a prayer request on your heart, just say what's on your heart this morning. Or if you've got a testimony, say that. Just everybody mind the Lord. Amen. 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 Sister Kay, amen. That's a great testimony. God is sure here. Thank the Lord. I believe he's I believe he's already getting somebody's attention, just like Sister Kay testified. Yeah. Somebody else got something on your heart. Follow him this morning. Remember that. Someone else. All right. Please, please remember that. Anyone else? Amen. That's good, Bill. Yeah, amen. Thank the Lord. Really, really, uh, I know people been praying, but really, really keep praying for this service here this morning. And I feel like requesting prayer for uh, the service at East Pineville this morning, down where Mark Connors, the pastor, uh, Marcel and Elizabeth and our great-granddaughter, Hazel May, they come up to Pineville and uh, Blaine Becky's down there, and, and uh, Liz's got a real desire to go to East Pineville this morning. And uh, there's some people at East Pineville that I've had a burden for for a long time. Uh, one young lady that's uh, there, her name's Morgan. And uh, so I, I'd like to hear some good news from down there this morning, too. So really, really pray for them down there. Any others? No, I'm going to ask Brother Ron Duncan to lead us in prayer.
Good prayer, good requests. Let's keep praying. Who feel like singing this morning? If God's put a song or songs on your heart, uh, we want you to we want you to follow your heart. I keep thinking of our visitors. We got some visiting from not too far away, and some from a long way. And we just thank God for all of you. And some has been sick, and not able to be here in the back, and. Uh, what a blessing. Just every way you look. What a blessing. All right. If you got a song, just, just follow it. Anybody? Just pray for them. Appreciate it. We desire your prayers. Uh, seems like I sing this song all the time. Uh, been singing it for about 40 years, seems like. But uh, it really means a lot to me, and I hope yeah. I hope it's a help to somebody. God put it on my heart. That's, that's all we can do is move with what God puts on our heart. I sat over there for a few minutes thinking I, I'd rather sing something else. I got a couple other songs I've been singing at home, and I thought that maybe that'd fit better. But this is the one God put on my heart, so y'all pray for us. There's a lighthouse on a hillside, and it overlooks life's sea. When I'm tossed, it sends out a light that I might see. And the light that shines in darkness will safely lead me home. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, this ship would sail no more. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to Him. And Jesus is the lighthouse. 
listen to what this says. Everybody that lives around me says tear the lighthouse down. The big ships, they don't sail here anymore. So what's the use of it standing around? Oh, but then my mind goes back to that stormy night when just in time I saw the light from that old lighthouse. Oh, and it led me home to God. And I thank God for the got a song on your heart. You like singing. Pray for John. I'm like Jay, I just sat over there. Just don't want to do anything to get in the way. I just want the Lord to be in it. So I'm going to try to sing this song. Just pray for him. <clears throat> My mind gets so stressed about the world that we're in, the struggles and battles and the heartache of sin, old Satan's attack, the church of today, they've left God's old path and have found a new way. But I thank God for the altar That's where I got in That old time conviction Revealed all my sin And that old King James Bible It still works today I thank God I was saved in the old-fashioned way. That old-fashioned preacher, they say he must go. Just give us a smooth one who puts on a show. Don't sing us them old songs about dark calvary just sing us a new song 
and happy will be. Oh, but I'd like to tell you, I'm not going that way. I'll stay with the blood, that's the price Jesus paid. I was born in the fire, and the smoke will not do. I'm walking that old path, brother, how about you? And I thank God for the altar, that's where I got in. That old time conviction revealed all my sin, and that old King James Bible it still works today i thank god i was saved in the old-fashioned way thank the lord for that song too boy i appreciate that appreciate the sean singing anybody else got one on your heart If you do, you're welcome. If not, we just keep praying. Boy, it's good to be here. Good spirit. And uh, let's give our undivided attention and pray with everything within us is. Pray for this preacher as we turn over. It's my honor to turn over to Brother David McGregor and uh, pray for him. Brother Preacher, come on. Certainly good to be back at Lima today. Appreciate what I can feel. Seems like it's been a long time uh, since I've been here, but it still feels just as good as it always has. Uh, appreciate the Spirit of God I can feel. And if I understand right, we're celebrating Pastor Appreciation. And I appreciate you, Pastor, one of the greatest heroes in my life. Um, not only is he a pastor to you, he's a pastor to pastors. And I, I've known a lot of great preachers that just didn't make good pastors. I've, I've known of a lot of great pastors, and to be honest, they wasn't the best preachers, but they's good pastors. You know what I mean. You're laughing because you know what I mean. But you're blessed because you have both. You've got a great pastor and you've got a great preacher. And that's a rarity. Um, but I appreciate him and appreciate this church and what they stand for. And behind every great pastor, behind every great preacher, I believe is a preacher's wife. Uh, my wife has been the greatest help to me of anybody, and I, I thank God for And Linda, you're worthy of that honor. You've been a great pastor's wife. And Le Terry and Linda have been a pattern that younger, well... I used to be the younger preacher, not quite so much anymore, and I catch myself saying that all the time. And I, my hair started turning gray and turning loose, and uh, what do you do about that? It's just part of the process. But I, I, do, I do thank God for being here, and it's always, I, I never uh, discount when I'm invited somewhere. It's a great honor and a great privilege, and 
to be honest, I, I struggle with preaching other places anymore. I've become such a pastor, and I fear getting in another man's pulpit and getting in pastor territory. Um, it, it's just that I guess pastoring has changed me in a lot of ways, but I, I appreciate the pastorate and what it's taught me in my church and what they mean to me. But those of you that have your Bibles, and I just want to follow the Lord, and I, um, I find it kind of an awkward um, scripture to preach from today. But if you would, go to Job chapter number 19. Uh, Job chapter number 19. And you just kind of stay there and wait on me because normally what I would do is take my text and preach from my text. But if God will let me today and if the church will give me liberty... I want to preach to my text. I, I'll get there in, in just a moment, but I believe there's some foundation that I need to lay. And when you uh, look at Job, there's a lot of debate about the book of Job. A lot of folks believe that it's the oldest book in the Bible, uh, not because of what it says, because of what it don't say. You'll find no mention of Israel. You'll find no mention of Abraham or Moses and the tabernacle, most scholars predate, put that book as the earliest book. I, I'm not here to debate that. It, it could very well uh, be, but we know it's an ancient book. And if you've ever read any in the book of Job, we've often referred to this book as the trials of Job. And I, I believe that certainly applies. But I believe if we'll look at the book just a little closer today, it's not only the trials of Job, but it was the trial of God. And you say, who would put God on trial? Can I say they've put God on trial all down through the ages? And he always comes out on top. And I, I heard a, a televangelist, it was probably in the late 80s and early 90s, um, he said Job was nothing more than just a crybaby Christian. Can I say to you that wasn't God's assessment of Job and that shouldn't be your assessment or my assessment of Job? I dare say that nobody in this room has suffered what Job suffered. And in all that Job suffered, he didn't sin. But as I look at this book, I see not only was Job on trial, but it was God that was on trial also. And the book opens up with the great challenge. We see in the first chapter, the Bible said that the sons of God, and most folks believe that was angelic beings, that the sons of God had a meeting with the Lord, and Satan was also present. And when Satan showed up, the Lord said to him, said, where have you been? And he said, oh, I've just been going to and fro and up and down in the earth. And he said to Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, there is none like him in all the earth. He said, he is perfect and he's upright. And that word perfect, if you look at that word perfect, that was representative of his standing with God. He was perfect with God. Upright represents his standing before men. Perfect represents his inner man, represents his character. Upright represents his image and his integrity. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? He's perfect and he's upright. Not perfect without sin. There's never been but one perfect man that we know and that is the man Christ Jesus. But let me show you what I believe God was saying about Job. He was saying Job is everything that Job appears.
appears to be. Job is the real deal. You get what you get. You get exactly what you see when you see Job. And I don't know how you feel, but the older I get, the more I like real. I like real even if real's ugly. I like real even if I disagree with real. You just give me real any day of the week and I'll take real. But watch at this challenge. He said, oh, I've just been going to and fro and up and down in the earth. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? And of course we know Satan had considered his servant Job. But Job said, I've got a big problem. He said, you've got a hedge or you've got a wall. You've got a fence around him. I can't get to him. He said, you bought in so many words. If you let me paraphrase. He said, well, God, will a man serve God for naught? You bought Job off. You blessed Job. You've given him all the land. He's the greatest man in all the east. You've given him all this cattle, but you let down that hedge and let me get at him. And watch this. You hold on to what Satan said. He said, if you'll let me at all that he has, he said, he'll curse you to your very face. So God said, okay, I accept that challenge. We'll let the hedge down and you can touch all that he has. He said, but don't touch his body. And then the conversation ensues in chapter number 2. They move on just a little bit. And here Satan shows up again. Hey Satan, where you been? He said, oh, I've just been walking to and fro and up and down in the earth. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? And of course again, we know that he did. He said, but Job is serving you because Job has always been blessed with health. Oh, you take his health away from him. You let me introduce Job to pain and watch it again. He said, if you let the hedge down and let me touch his body, he said, he'll curse you to your very face. You do understand what is going on here because if Satan can get Job to curse God to his very face, you know what that means? That means that God was wrong about Job. And can I ask you a question? What kind of God would he be if he was wrong about anything? What kind of God would he be if he didn't know Job like he said that he knew Job? And Ron's here with me today. And Ron, he's a tire salesman. And let me just give you this for an example. Say I had a friend that was over all the equipment at a steel mill. And he came to me and he said, our tire salesman, he won't service us after the sale. And the tires keep failing. And say I were to recommend to him, keep in mind it was God that recommended Job in the first place. It was God that said, have you considered my service? servant Job and say I recommended Ron to this guy at the steel mill and say Ron came in and Ron sold him some tires and the tires began to fail and Ron wouldn't service them and on top of all that Ron was aggravating him every day for a check for those tires you know what that would mean that would mean that I didn't know Ron like I thought I knew Ron that wouldn't only make Ron look bad but that would make me look bad also. I don't think any of us in this room have any idea of the weight that was on Job's shoulders. It wasn't only Job's integrity that was at stake. It was God's integrity that was at stake. And if Satan could get 
Job to curse God to his very face. That would mean that Job didn't know that God didn't know Job like he thought he did. I see the challenge that the book opens up with. But I want you to notice the channels that old Satan would use. Remember the first thing that God told him? He said, go ahead and touch all that he has. He said, but don't touch his body. And that's exactly what Satan did. Here was Job just minding his own business. And the servants begin to come one after the next. Hey, Job, all your servants are dead. He had 1,100 livestock. And before one could get done speaking, the other would come. There came a fire from heaven and consumed your sheep. All your cattle and all your camels, everything that you got is gone. And not only that, here comes the last servant. And notice where all Job's children are at. The Bible said that they were celebrating on one of them's day. That was one of them's birthday. And all ten of his children were gathered together in one house. And this was Job's custom. The Bible said that every day of the morning he would get up and offer a sacrifice according to the number of his children. He's got ten children and now he's offering sacrifice for them. And while Job is offering a sacrifice, here comes the servant and says to Job, Job, there's a strange thing that has happened. All of your children were gathered together and they're gathered a wind above the roof and blew the roof in and it killed all of your children. No doubt, no wonder Job cried. The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Oh, but look at this. Can't you see Satan rush back into the presence of God? And he said, here it comes. He's going to curse God now. And Job stands over in the corner and he waits to hear from Job. And Job takes a deep breath and his lip begins to quiver. I can see Job's hand slip up toward heaven. And he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know if I'm made of the stuff that old Job is made of, but my goodness, give us a few Jobs today that'll say it ain't about the stuff that I got, that God is still good when I've got everything, but God is good when I have nothing. Okay, okay, Satan, what are you going to do now? You've took all that he has. Look where he moves to next. Remember the second challenge. God said, okay. He said, you can touch his body, but you can't take his life. And the Bible said that Job was stricken with grievous boils from the crown of his head even to the soles of his feet. And look at where we see Job at. He's sitting in a pile of ashes. And my mind began to go crazy. I, I was like, God, where did those ashes come from? Have you ever thought about that? While Job was offering a sacrifice for his children, on that altar would be the ashes. Have you ever got bad news? Look at this. Let me just go back to that point for just a minute. You realize when Job got the bad news was when he was interceding on behalf of his children. You ever been praying and begging God for something and right in the middle of it all, you felt like it all fell apart. And now watch where Job 
robe returns to. He goes back to what I believe were the ashes on the altar where he had offered a sacrifice. And look at this. Job has no more cattle to offer. He has nothing else. So you watch what Job did. When he had nothing else to offer, he said, I'm just going to offer myself as a living sacrifice unto God. My goodness, you may be here today and you feel like Satan has stripped you from everything that you have. Oh, you've still got something to offer God. But look at this. Job crawls up on that altar and he offers himself before the Lord. And when Job has nobody there to comfort him, Job takes broken pieces of pottery. The Bible calls it potsherd. And he begins to scrape them boils off of his body. And we just kind of read over that. But let me show you what Job chapter number 7 and verse number 5 says. Job says, My flesh is clothed with worms. You know what that word worms means? It literally means maggots. Job said, I can look down and my body is just clothed in maggots. And he goes on to say in clouds of dust. And look what he says. He says, my skin is broken and become loathsome. That word loathsome suggests that Job's body was emitting a terrible odor. Not only did Job look like death, and Job smelled like death, and Job sat there and began to scrape those boils off of his body. And I don't know how much pain that you You've been in in your life, but pain can get us to do a lot of things that we never dreamed or thought imaginable that we could do. And here's Job, his body is wrecked with pain, and he's lost everything, and all that he has is the ashes. And I can see old Satan as he rushes back into the presence of God. He's going to curse God now. I've introduced him to pain. I've taken away all that he has. And watch what Job does. I can see him again as he draws another deep breath and his lips begin to quiver and he raises his hand towards heaven and he says, though he slay me, yet will I continue to trust God. And the Bible said in all these things that Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. I I might be able to go through a lot, but I'd have some questions for God, wouldn't you? I might sin just a little bit through my pain. Oh, but Job wasn't made of that kind of stuff. So look, look at the channels he used. He started by taking his possessions. Then he introduced Job to pain. Where's Satan going to go now? What is left in Job's life? He's lost everything. But let me remind you, Satan always has another ace up the sleeve. He always has something else he's going to try. And here comes Job's wife. Now we often criticize Job's wife for what she said. But look at this. Have you ever thought that Job's wife got tired of seeing him cry? That Job's wife got tired of seeing his body in pain? I've watched some of my church members in the last few months 
Watch one of them say about their mother, I just want her to go on. I'm tired of seeing her in pain. I'm tired of watching her hurt. She'd be a lot better off if she was with the Lord. And we often criticize Job's wife, but maybe, just maybe, she got tired of watching her husband hurt. But look at this. Satan had an ace up his sleeve and it was Job's partner. And nobody, nobody can get to you like your partner in life can. Nobody can make you or break you like your partner in life can. But look at this. She said, why don't you go ahead and die, Job? Why don't you go ahead and die? That's the same word that Rachel used with Jacob when she said, give me children or else I die. It wasn't just giving up. It wasn't just laying down and dying. You know what the implication there was? It was of taking of your own life. Rachel was saying, I'd rather be dead than not to have children. Job's wife was saying to Job, Job, why don't you just go ahead and take your own life? Go ahead and die, Job. But it amazed me when I looked at this. Remember what Satan's goal was. It was to get Job to curse God to his very face. And now Satan's last thing, the last case of his his sleeve, his Job's wife. And watch what she says. Before she said, go ahead and die, Job, she said, why don't you go ahead and curse God? Go ahead and die. But before you do, Job, why don't you go ahead and curse God? Notice what Job said. He said, you speak like a foolish woman. I don't believe he's being disrespectful. He was saying, you speak like a foolish woman. He said, should we receive the good of the hand of God and not the evil. You know what occurred to me? He said, should we receive the good and not the evil? Job thought that it was God that had taken everything from him. He said, shall we receive the good and not the bad? And Job even prayed. And watch how he started his prayer. He said, he that hateth me. And Job thought at one point that God even hated him. He said, the Almighty has done dipped his arrows in poison and released them in me. Oh, but if you would, get over to Job chapter number 19. I, I'm so anxious to get here. Look at this. Job said, my life is full of confusion. Job said, I don't understand. I just, I can't tell you why all my children are gone. I can't tell you why everything that I worked for my whole life is gone. I can't tell you why my body is racked with pain. I don't know why my wife is trying to get me to go ahead and curse God and take my life. Job said, I don't know. No wonder Job said, my life is full of confusion. Maybe you're in that season today. Have you ever been there that everything just seems so confusing? You didn't see an answer why, but look at this. Job said, I can't tell you. I cannot tell you why my children are gone. I can't tell you why I've lost everything. I cannot tell you why my body is racked in pain. But look at Job chapter 19 and verse number 25. 
God. Job said, I can tell you this, that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Though after my skin worms destroy this old body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. Mine eyes shall behold, and not another. Job said, I can't tell you why my children are dead. I can't tell you. I can't tell you why I've lost everything. But I can tell you that I know my Redeemer lives and that there's coming a day that I'm going to see Him face to face. I can't answer life questions for you. Look at this. A lot I don't understand. But in life, when you don't understand, I told a young man this week, I said, I know there's a lot that you don't understand. Don't focus on what you don't understand. Focus on what you know and what you do understand. A couple, a couple I know, Terry tried 14 years to have a baby. 14 years they tried. And they had some questions for God. God, why are they aborting babies 4,000 every day? Why over here a Christian couple is begging God to give them a child? And after 14 years, she finds out she's expecting not only one baby, but she's having two. And all oh, the joy in that home. I wish it would have stayed that way. Went in for an ultrasound. Something was wrong. One of the babies was having breathing problems. Its heart wasn't functioning properly. So the other little baby had to work twice as hard to breathe for both of them. The first baby died. The second baby's heart just couldn't keep up. And she lost both babies after praying for 14 years. How do you understand that, Terry? Well, what do you say to them? I believe too many times we try to come up with answers to things in life where there is no answers. There's no explanation. A preacher I know in North Carolina, his son had just graduated high school, 18 years old, submitted to the call to preach, going off to Bible college, planning on spending the rest of his life living for the Lord and preaching the gospel. And while he's out on the road one night, his daddy is literally the pastor and he's sitting in somebody's living room, a lost couple, telling them how good God is, telling them how much that God loves them and how they need to be saved and his phone rings. And while his boy was out that night, a drunk driver crossed the center lane, hit his boy head on, and he killed him. And look at this. That pastor went to his pastor and he said, Preacher, he said, I'd understand if I was out committing adultery. He said, Oh, I'd understand if I was drinking. I'd understand if I was doing something wrong. He said, But I was literally sitting in some living room telling them about the love of God and I got the call that my only son was killed in an accident. What do you say when there are no answers like that? I'm going to get to you an answer in just a moment. I know another preacher he was fixing to take the pulpit in one of the largest Baptist meetings in the state of North Carolina. And right before he takes the pulpit, somebody comes to him 
been a family emergency. We need to go. His daughter had been at her in-law's house, had to use the restroom. She entrusted the care of her two-year-old son to some family members. When she gets done in the restroom, she comes out and starts to look for the little boy. They go through the house. All of a sudden, she thinks of the pool in the backyard. And she looks out the backsliding doors and she sees the body of her little boy floating on the water. She runs out and jumps in and picks his lifeless body up. His little name was Sawyer. Sawyer died. A few days after they buried Sawyer was his birthday. And she had gathered up all of his toys, didn't tell nobody, gathered up all of his toys and went to the graveside. And while she was there visiting the graveside, her dad slipped up behind her. And she became aware of his presence. And he said she turned around, her eyes were swelled from crying so much. She said, Daddy, I'd understand if I just knew why. She said, I'd understand. She said, God didn't have to do this to get my heart. She said, God already had my heart. She said, I'd understand. And he said, Sis, I've had all these same questions and there are no answers. But he said, you know what we've got to do in life when we don't understand? He said, we've got to hold on to what we know. He said, we know that God is too wise to ever make a mistake. We know God is too good and He loves us too much to ever do us bad. He said, when you don't understand, He said, don't worry about all of that that you don't understand. He said, hold on to what you do know. I'll tell you, there's been a lot of times in David McGregor's life I didn't understand what God was doing and I searched for the answers. But my God, even though there's a lot I don't understand, there's some that I do understand today. I do understand that my Redeemer lives and that in my flesh I shall see Him for myself and not another. So let me say to somebody today, hold on, hold on. I know there's a lot in life. And look at this. I used to feel so guilty for asking questions. You ever questioned God and felt guilty? Growing up, I was taught, don't question God, don't question God. And then I got older and started reading my Bible. And I heard about a man who hung between the heavens and the earth one day and watch what he said. He said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? It's not for me to discern why the Son of God said why. But he said, why? Has thou forsaken me? I used to think I was wrong for questioning God till I had children, Terry. And if my three children had questions, come to Daddy. Daddy will do his best to give you the right answer. I used to think it was wrong to question God until I read about those disciples out on the storm one night. And they said, Master, cast not thou that we perish. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? 
care. You've never lived if you've never been there. You can sit there all dignified and sanctified if you want to and act like you've never had a question for God. If you live long enough, there have been times and there will be times that you'll be like the Lord. Why? Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? I felt that way before. Have you not? Have you not lived just a little while? So, I don't know who this message is for. Maybe your life is like Job's right now and it's full of confusion. Don't worry about what you don't know. There's things in life you'll never have the answer for. I believe everything happens for a purpose. That don't mean we'll always know the purpose. We just have to trust God. Lord, you don't know how many times I've had to say, Lord, I know that Your ways are perfect. I know that Your ways are higher than my ways. And I'm just going to trust You. When I can't trace You, I'm just going to trust You. See, that's what we got to do with God sometimes. We can't trace Him and we don't know what He's doing. The best thing you can do is trust Him. You know why a lot of people can't get saved? Because they got too many questions for God. Wanting to know all the answers. Only thing you have to know to be saved is that you lost and that Jesus died for your sin and that He rose the third day and leave all the other questions. A young man said to me earlier this week, he said, I've been trying to write, read the Bible and I don't know if he's saved or not. He said, there's a lot of messed up stuff in there. I said, you're exactly right. I said, I've had a few head scratchers reading the Bible. I said, but this is what you got to do. Don't worry about all that. Trust in what you know. That's how you get saved. Maybe you're here and you're lost and you've got so many questions that you're trying to get answered. That's not what life is about, getting all your questions answered. It's about trusting God, even in the things you don't understand. I told somebody last night, we've got this, while they get a song ready, go ahead. I told somebody this last night, I said, we've got this faith thing mixed up. We think faith is trusting God for what we want. That's how we view faith, ain't it? That's not Bible faith. Bible faith is trusting God for what He wants. Bible faith is getting down to the end of your prayer and saying, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. I'm just going to trust that you know what's best. So let me ask you today, maybe you're here and you're saved and your life is full of confusion right now. Job said that was his life. It was defined. I, I don't know, Job even thought God hated him. Job thought it was God that done all that to him. But yet Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. No wonder God said he's perfect and upright. No wonder God recommended him. Can I tell you, once again, God passed the test. Once again, God's servant passed the test. Job not one time cursed God to his face. My goodness, would you stand today? Terry, come and stand with me. So maybe you're here and you're saved. you just got some questions for God. That's okay. That's okay. I believe there's a proper way. Don't get me wrong when I say that. There's a proper way to question God. There's a reverent, a faithful way to question God. I'm not talking about disrespectfully questioning God. But I believe if I'm a parent and I want my children to bring their questions to me, I believe God would want that for His children. 
You might not get the right answer out of me all the time, but you'll always get the right answer out of God. And maybe here and you've never been saved by the grace of God. And you say, Preacher, I've got some questions. Can I encourage you not to worry about all them things that you don't know and that you don't understand? And just trust what you do know. Let me ask you, do you know that Jesus was born of a virgin? Do you know that? Do you know that He died on an old rugged cross? And do you know that three days later He got up and He arose that you might be justified? That's all you've got to know to be saved. That's all you've got to believe. Don't worry about the stuff because you know what Satan will do? He'll take you to hell questioning all them things you don't know and that you don't understand. Why God is just saying, trust in what you do know and what you do understand. Go ahead and sing this morning. I believe God's calling. I feel that. Would you come? Oh, I felt that today. Maybe you're walking a mile in Job's shoes. You say, I know, preacher, I know. I've been there. God's saying, child, come. Just come and cast all your cares. All them questions and give them to me. He said, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. God can take it today. What a For Upon which I stand, He's the present help in time of need. I believe that when this old world has left me all alone, would you come? That's when I can feel Him walking He's right by me. That's when he was in Judging once again That he's my dearest friend And he promised he would go with me always Even till the end Pause just a moment Let me say something to you Maybe you feel like God's forsaken you Today, Job felt that way. Remember, I believe it was chapter 22 or 23. Job said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him. You ever been there? Just long to feel the presence of the Lord. Job said, I went forwards and backwards and this way and that way, trying to find all that I knew where I might find God. You'll find him when you search after him. The Bible says, With your whole heart. I found that every time there was a shortcoming, it was David's. It never was God. But every time I've sought after God with my whole heart, He's been there. And today, you've came in this place full of confusion, questioning, oh, that I knew where I might find Him. He's right next to you. Never leave you, never forsake you. I know you feel that way sometimes. I've longed just to feel the breath of God. Just to feel His sweet spirit. But when I've got to a place where I've sought Him with my whole heart, He's always been right there. Terry, go ahead.
Wonderful, wonderful preaching. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> well, I thank God for this message. Great gospel message. Powerful and in-depth. Uh, right out of the book. So well explained. I appreciate God uh, blessing Brother David to deliver a message to us and for us like that. And God's good to us this morning. Great spirit here and great conviction and great power. I'm going to ask for another song or uh, finish that or sing whatever you want to. But I'm going to ask you today, and just in a moment, they'll begin to sing. And, and right now, I want to ask you to consider where you're at in your relationship with God. If you're not where you need to be, if you feel that long down inside to be in a different spot than you are with God, you can't fix that. You can't change the spot you're in, but you can come to God, as David's been preaching about this morning. You can approach God, uh, and some of your questions, and I, I thought he said that so well. Don't worry about trying to answer all the questions, but focus on what you know and what God's blessed you to know, and reach out with God uh, to God with that. Let God uh, take care of the rest of it. God's got it. Now, if you're lost, you need to get saved this morning. If you're here this morning and you've been saved and you're not where you need to be with the Lord, I know Satan will try to talk you into being ashamed of coming to the altar, but we ought to be ashamed not to come to the altar. Yeah. I want you to think about this. I'm serious. After all God has done for us, God loved us so much he gave his only begotten son uh, to live on this earth and experience all kinds of abuse and pain and people just treated him awful. And then went to the old cross and, and willingly hung there, let them nail him to the cross. Jesus had the power. He could have kept them from nailing him to the cross. Uh, he could have destroyed the world if he felt like it. He had all power. But yet he laid himself down there. Let him nail him to the cross. Let him put that old crown of thorns on his head. Uh, beat him so bad, I don't think you could have recognized him if you'd looked at him, if you didn't know who he was. Pierced him in the side. Now, here's the point. After God's done all that uh, for us, we'll, we'll uh, at least launch out, take a step, make a move. Uh, just come this morning. Whatever your need is, go ahead and sing. You that need to come, please just come right now. Just as long as this right world stands, please he come. promised he would hold my hand and that I, I would never walk alone. Please come. And he said Listen, he come would on. go with me all. We pray with you. God will help you. God will take care of your problem. Through hard days, God will bless you. He would be my you friend. You can have that peace in your soul. And my guide, oh you can have that peace in your Jesus. Soul. He's the best Please friend obey the Lord. in my life. I heard a statement recently that really touched me. For Peace is, is not the hour of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Well, that made sense. He's well, the like present You can have peace in the midst of the storm. When you have this God. world has left me all alone. Come on. Obey the Lord. That's when I can feel him walking. Please obey the Lord. right by me. He'll be right by you. He'll and help when you. when everyone walks out, that's when he walks in. Proving once again that he's my dearest friend. And he promised he would go Amen. with me always, Amen. even till the end. Amen. Well, 
thank the Lord for that good song. Thank the Lord for that good preaching. I, I feel like there's so much power of God here and God calling so many people. I believe somebody could even step out right now. We don't have to be singing a song. We do that, and I like the way we do it, and I believe God blesses that. But if God's speaking to your heart, uh, you need to come. And a little while, God permitting, we'll break and we'll uh, go to the fellowship hall and have a nice meal out there and fellowship. But even, even if we're out there and you're with us and God's troubling your heart, uh, if you'd come around to one of us and say, I'd like to go back inside and pray, uh, you know, uh, we'd gladly leave whatever food we had and come in here and bow down and pray with you because that's more important than anything in the world is people coming to the Lord. Okay. Anybody else got anything before we come to a close? Wonderful, wonderful worship time. Let's pray for them. Yeah, I believe our young people's coming. I was kind of hoping they would. I, I appreciate that. Pray and listen. Obey the Lord. appreciate the young people being up here. Just looking at them just blesses my heart. And I appreciate God putting it on their heart to get up and sing. And I'm going to come stand right down here. And uh, I might even walk back that way. I don't know. But while they're singing, I want to ask you today, whatever God puts on your heart, do that. Why? I, well, I, I believe without a doubt there's some folks here needing to come to the Lord. So sing whenever you're ready. Please come. I'd like to walk up the aisle with you. If you'd let me, I'd be proud to. Please come. You know, God loves you. He loves us all the same. If I'd have been the only person needed to save him, Jesus would have died. If you'd have been the only person needed to save him, Jesus would have died. He loves you. any of your sins none of our business God already knows all you've got to do is just say God I'm a sinner God I need you God please help me if you're lost just ask Jesus to save you if you're saved you need to move up just ask God to bless in your heart and take that one step.
wonderful singing. Wonderful singing. Thank the Lord. Good job, young people. Wonderful. Amen. Anybody else got something on your heart? Uh, we've got another thing or two to say, and then we'll have some announcements before we dismiss for lunch. But anybody else got anything on your heart? You're welcome to say what's on your heart. Why, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Amen. Thank the Lord for that testimony. Amen. Someone else? All right, if not, just be seated for a minute. And uh, uh, before you deacons go out, I want, I want to do something else first. I, I know you're going back there to take care of some business, and I, I appreciate you. You're always on the job. But I, I, I wanted you to be in here for just a minute for this. Uh, I know this is uh, called Pastor's Appreciation Service, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate this whole church and all of you, and, and uh, you're, just, you're just marvelous. But uh, there's something else I wanted to draw attention to. Uh, I appreciate uh, the deacons that are serving Lima Missionary Baptist Church, and I appreciate how much help they are to Lima Missionary Baptist Church. I appreciate how much help they are to me. I lean on them a lot. Uh, they do a lot. And I, I would like, if, if you're uh, serving as a deacon for Lima Missionary Baptist Church, I'd like for you to stand up. I want you to stay standing. Uh, folks, I want you to look at these folks. These, these are folks I lean on now. Not all of our deacons are here. A uh, few of them are not here, not able to be here. Uh, but I appreciate these men. I appreciate the work they do. And, and I would like to encourage you to give them a handshake or a hug or a word of encouragement when you get a chance to do that. And even the ones that are not here, uh, when you get to see them and when they get back where you can uh, see them and get up with them, I'd like for you to extend that handshake or that hug or that love to them. And I thank God for these men. I don't know what I would do without them, and I don't know what we would all do without them. I'd like to give them some applause. I appreciate uh, ones of you can sit down and want to, and others got jobs to do back there. Go ahead. And uh, I, might, uh, I might get Jeremy to do the announcements. I guess he expected me to kind of call on him. Well, he's, he's a very kind man. He's going to let his wife go first. Uh-oh. Well. Uh. All right. Bear with me here. There are several here. Um, I'll read this one first because it says important at the top. It says, we are asking everyone to please take their own leftover food and dishes when they leave this afternoon. That will help us greatly in cleaning up. Thank you. CPR classes here at the church on November 13th uh, on Saturday from 9 to 12. Uh, please sign up on the sheet in back or with Ashley Roselle so we have enough equipment. Uh, holiday treasures, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, that's Thursday, 4 to 7. Friday, 9 to 5. And Saturday, 9 to 1 at Southside Christian Church, uh, 3300 Southside Drive, Lima. Uh, they have candies, desserts, gifts, Christmas decor, 
wreaths, trees, and arrangements, and all proceeds will go to support the Disciples Women's Ministries. Uh, lunch available Friday. Uh, so there's a letter that went along with that. It says, enclose a flyer advertising our upcoming holiday treasures, Christmas Bazaar. Uh, this event will be held on Thursday, uh, November 4th, uh, 5th, and 6th. Uh, and then lunch says, we will have crafts available all three days, as well as baked goods, caramel corn, apple dumplings, and pumpkin rolls. Um, we would appreciate any help you can give us uh, publicizing this annual event. Uh, the Fall Bazaar, that's going to be Saturday, November 6th. Uh, in the fellowship hall here uh, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, says join us for our vendor craft rummage sale. Admission is $1. All proceeds benefit our various charitable causes. Uh, concession stand will be open. Anyone interested in a booth, contact Shannon Thompson or Vivian Fromm. Uh, the Primitive Quartet and the Heavens Mountain Band uh, will be at New Haven on November 6th at 6 p.m. And then finally, uh, uh, we got a letter here from Lighthouse about, uh, uh, says, Lighthouse Missionary Baptist Church cordially invites you for a blessed and joyous occasion on Saturday, November 13th at 6 p.m. Uh, they're going to be ordaining uh, Brother Steve Spees, and they're going to ask that all ordained men be there by 5 o'clock. Um, our harvest party is tonight, um, so that is for grades sixth grade and up, and also our young adults. If you're a younger youth and you want to come with your parent, that's great as well. Um, that'll be over at Brad and Chrissy Voorhees' house, and that'll be from 5 to 9, and we are going to have dinner. Um, so if you want to bring a snack to share with your friends, that would be great. And also, this is going to be a modest dress-up party, so it's going to be so much fun. And there's prizes that are going to be given out for the best dress, so that should motivate you to want to dress up. So um, remember that, and that'll be a lot of fun. And then also, um, starting next Sunday, um, we're going to start taking, um, collecting those canned goods and um, pretty much whatever you have that's non-perishable that you would like to donate um, for our Thanksgiving dinners that we're going to be passing out then on November 20th. So um, we'll be taking non-perishable items. We'll set up a table. Um, I guess we could start taking those Wednesday if you come on Wednesday and you have a bag of goodies you want to give. Um, and we'll also be taking donations for the perishable items. First thing I want to say is, David, that message is going to stay with us for a long time. God really blessed you this morning, and we're thankful. Um, but this is about our veterans. Our veterans are extremely important to us. And we are going to have a veterans dinner next Sunday. It'll be right after church. If you are a veteran's wife, whenever I think of veterans dinner, I think of Charlie. I want Charlie's wife there. Um, there's nothing that shouts a veteran more than Charlie was. And if you are a veteran's wife, if you are their family, and you want to re represent that veteran at the dinner, please sign up back there because we need to know how much food to buy. But even if you don't come to the dinner, we really appreciate everything you've done for us.
that our church sponsored. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just so sweet. They were just thanking us so much for all the help and God's love. We thank you for all the help and God's love and continue to pray for that school. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, Anybody else? Okay. We are still definitely doing the Christmas play and everything. I, I know people know about the post office and other businesses. Some people aren't working very much. Some are working all the time. It's going to be really simple this year. We're going to keep it really simple, but we are going to have one, and we'll announce the date really soon. I know some people have been asking. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate the work you do on that. Uh, anybody else? Okay. We'll remind everybody we have a, a meal in the fellowship hall. Everybody's invited and welcome. Hope you'll go out after service is over. Hope you go out with us and uh, enjoy dinner and enjoy some fellowship. So remember that. There will not be service time here tonight. No service time here tonight. And so, uh, but let's really pray. Pray for our services are upcoming. Uh, so pray for that veterans dinner even. And I've uh, got a lot of things I need to pray for. And uh, so we'll ask everybody to see the stand. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Brother Mike Kessinger to Ask the blessing over the meal and pray dismissal from this service. Our dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what we felt here today. We thank you for the little ones that sang and grew. We thank you for our, our choir, Lord, and all of our ones that suffered. Lord, we thank you for our preacher brother, Lord, this morning. We thank you for what he had for us. We thank you for our Hello, hello, hello. Uh, before everyone gets out too far, um, I would like to release our pastor and his family and our visiting preacher and, and anyone that came with him to go ahead and head out first so they can get in line and, and uh, we can let them enjoy that meal.